Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com. Hi, this is Billie Jean King. This is Marion Bartoli. I'm Mats Villander. This is Mary Carrillo. This is Pam Schreiber. This is Yannick Noah, and you're listening to the Tennis Podcast. You're presenting, right, David? Oh, am I? I thought you were. <laughs> How long could this have gone on for? Um, oh, sorry. I thought you said, do you want me to present? And that's I what see. I was replying, Catherine, yes, I think so too. do you so want too. to present? I'm happy either way. You said, yes, I think so. I thought that was, do you want me to present? <laughs> okay. I can present, not I'm a I'm quite problem. happy to present as well. <laughs> what would you prefer? <laughs> How long would we have... <laughs> I thought you were hearing the interference that my phone was causing in my ear, but apparently not. Um, well, hello, folks, and welcome to our first WTA Finals Tennis podcast, or should I say Akron WTA Finals Guadalajara Tennis podcast? I think that's the full title of the event. We are reunited, the three of us, for the first time in a little while, or it feels like a little while. Does yeah. it feel like a while to you, David? It does a bit, yeah. Yeah, because I get a bit confused about who I'm talking to and who's presenting sometimes. <laughs> um, but, uh, anyway, we work it out in the end. And uh, uh, yeah, I think you should say it like that once and never again. Uh, no offence to the sponsor. It's just that it's a bit of a mouthful, isn't it? Do we know what Akron does? Matt, this is my first opportunity oh, to ask you no, a question I that you don't know really the answer to. I was really hoping that wasn't going to be coming to me. <laughs> Google. <laughs> Do we know what Akron does? Uh, Akron... Why are we giving free ads to these people? It's a city in Ohio. It's a children's hospital. It's a movie, a 2015 movie. Uh, it's a seascape resort in Greece. Oh, I hope it's that. It's a beach bar in Greece. Oh, even better. Um, I would say that Akron, whoever they are, need to improve their Google search optimization. <laughs> um, okay, they they seem to have a uh, website that's entirely in Spanish. Matt? Oh, no. It's me again, isn't it? Hang on. <laughs> it's you Let me again. get Google up. I think they should you sponsor need to, us. You need to put in Akron, Mexico to get, I think, where you need to be. Otherwise, you'll end up in Ohio, which I don't think is where we want to be. Just talk amongst yourselves. <laughs> <laughs> oh, hang on. It seems to be. Is it? Is it engine oil? Looks like it might be engine oil, which I have to say is, a, is an unusual brand association. But hmm. thank you, Akron, for supporting tennis. Yeah, bringing bring an opportunity for this event to actually happen out of the blue. Come on, Matt. People are on the edge of their seat here. Well, I'm not sure I'm on the right thing. <laughs> hmm. Ac- okay, Akron. Movamos al mundo oh. is their sort of subheader. header. Sort of, we move the world. That's a big claim. <laughs> Yeah, I think it's and I think it's um, yeah, sort oil. of ha- ha- Halfords type. Uh, paraphernalia <laughs> okay well welcome akron <laughs> they opened their first gas station in 2018 all oh, right okay big dogs mm. anyway. um well anyway thank you for supporting the wta finals um it's hey look this event came close to not happening didn't mm. it that it really yeah. did and um it it's it's a triumph that it's on it's a triumph that it seems so far to be 
a success. Look, we've had a full round of, of group stage matches uh, as we come to you. The night session crowds seem to be really, really good. The day session crowds are a bit more sparse. That is very often the case in tennis. Um, the quality of the tennis so far seems to broadly be very good. I, I think the altitude is perhaps uh, less of a mayhem-causing feature than some people feared. I think generally... Everyone's feeling pretty positive about the Akron WTA finals, Guadalajara. Well, and nobody more than Gabinia Magarutha, who I listened to all the the pre-tournament press conferences and and listening to her talk about the moment she found out that it was going to be held there was the highlight of all the the pre-event press conferences because it reminded me of Magarutha maybe five years ago when you'd ask her a question and she would light up. She would really be engaged and she would really let you know how she feels. And, and she's seriously moved by the fact that it is being played in South America. And, you know, she, she thought she would never see the day. She, she really said the, it take, it would take such a lot for this to happen. I mean, frankly, it's taken a global pandemic ultimately is what she was saying. Um, and, for her, it just means the world because she's obviously got Venezuelan roots as well. And uh, and she said when she heard Steve Simon announce it, she she kind of needed confirmation that that was that she wasn't reading it wrong. And uh, and you could tell in in the match she played the other the other night. I mean, she got an amazing reaction from the crowd, and it was absolutely capacity and she she just lost a heartbreaker and yet she was smiling as she walked off and patting her heart you know because of what it had meant to her so I, I think it is really well received and I think the players are and everybody there seems really happy to be there can I just get ahead of the people that email us or tweet us to say that Mexico is not in South America technically it's Central America but yes we are following Garbina's lead here with with, with this Mm. Sorry, I just I just thought I should point that out because otherwise other other people then? would. I think she might have said Latin America. That's what she said. Yes, yeah, mm. sorry everybody. Yes, I know where it is really. <laughs> uh that was that was the so we've had uh four singles, four doubles matches as we come to you on Friday morning. That was I mean very clearly the match of the tournament so far, Matt, wasn't it? It was yeah, I mean deciding set tie break box ticked for brilliant match yeah and look sometimes you get matches which end up in the deciding set tie break and that feels completely inevitable because no one's getting close to breaking serve and it just sort of meanders to a final set tie break and that's great you know because that's a great climax but this one actually there were lots of close games and sort of lots of drama on on route to the final set tie break so you sort of had the best of both you had a really exciting final set with this great crescendo as well um it reminded me a bit stylistically of Pliskova's match against Anisimova at the US Open which was a highlight of that tournament just big hitting you know not particularly long rallies but loads of winners you know whoever can get on the front foot sort of in charge of of the match and Pliskova again has come through another another tight one just as she did against Anisimova I think well, Muguruza saved three match points, didn't she? But I also felt like she probably should have won it. You know, she was up a mini break, um, I think three times in the tie break. And every time she looked like she had it, she just made some errors or Pliskova came up with something brilliant. Um, so I think, you know, Muguruza loved the occasion, loved the crowd. She really had a lot of support. She was sort of feeding off their energy but ultimately, you know, she also said it's a massive disappointment not to have won that match. I think she felt like she probably should have done, even though the head-to-head, I hadn't realised, is so dominant in favour of Pliskova against Muguruza. I think that's nine of their 11 matches that Pliskova's won now. But yeah, Muguruza, this feels like one that one that got away, especially after winning that first set and having those chances right towards the end of the match. Her, her forehand really let her down. I think four of the last five points of the match were... Muguruza forehand unforced errors but yeah it was by far and away the best match of the tournament so far mm. and it doesn't put Pliskova top of top of the group it puts her second in 
the group because Annette Contivate earlier on in the day, the first match of the tournament, in fact, had come out and beaten, frankly, a, a tired, look, a predictably tired looking Barbora Krachikova in, in two straight sets in the, in the day session that day, 6-3, six, 6-4. Six, uh, so straight sets win puts Annette Contivate top of the group. Annette Contivate, I can't believe I'm mentioning this, is favoured by our social media followers to win the tournament. Am I right? Correct, Catherine. What a moment well for you, keep, David. Catherine keeping across the pole there. <laughs> um, mm. And uh, yeah, that, that, I don't know, that really did take me by surprise. Uh, I don't know, would it have done for you that of the four players that, you know, is that what you thought? So she was favoured from the gr- from her group. Yes, right. To come out okay. of the group top. Yeah. Well, no. I, I mean, I've predicted Muguruza to win the tournament because I was I was so taken by those quotes, David, and just taken by how happy she she looks everywhere, social media, on the court. Just yeah, she just looks delighted. And I always think a happy Muguruza plays plays her best tennis. Um, now, obviously, she, she's she's second from bottom of her group at the moment. But hey, she was, you know, as we've just discussed, she probably should have won that match. And she is she's playing very good tennis. But but no, I didn't. I picked Muguruza to to win the tournament. So um, yeah, but I mean, I see the argument. Very often, the the ones that are successful in this tournament come in with with momentum. Mm. Um, I, I get it, and she did look in that opening match against Krachikova like a woman on a mission. She did. There was a real steel and a real focus about her. She was doing that marching, yeah. marching around She's the court. She's a different with, player, Catherine, yeah. I think. She is. And I think maybe... And look, I know her her results. She, and she won about four of the last seven tournaments mm. coming into the, these finals. Uh, there is something different about the way she's carrying herself. That stride, that march... Is is a woman who just has suddenly something's clicked, I think, and she is not playing the sort of tennis that she used to play, which was good tennis for three four years, but it was it wasn't putting her in this conversation in any way. Yeah, I think I used to think, how does she win these big matches? Mm. And now it's more, how's she going to lose one? You know, the, with the form she's in, the look she's got, it seems like it is perhaps set up for her at the right time just on this form um i think sometimes there's a potential worry that you know they've burnt out they've burnt themselves out getting getting there but also momentum is important as well isn't it and on the other side of the coin you had krachikova and it was really stark the contrast between them contivate in the best form of her life certainly the best form of the season and krachikova just struggling a bit at the moment for very understandable reasons. She looked pretty exhausted last week in in Prague. Faded quite dramatically against Kerber in that in in the match there. Had a had a bit of a leg injury, and it's an absolutely incredible commitment she's made to both the tour to still go to Guadalajara and also to her country to play the Billie Jean King Cup the week before this massive event. So I just have huge respect for what she's doing and when you consider she's also playing doubles on top of that has been playing doubles all year she's sort of played more matches than anyone I'd have thought you really realize that she must be exhausted and she looked it in that match and it was it was a sharp potent contivate against a pretty weary looking Krejcikova I think you know um, my expectations of Krejcikova this tournament certainly in singles are not particularly high yeah yeah, same. It just it just looked like looked like too much, didn't it? It was quite strange seeing her so sort of so powered down, really, because she's got those incredibly strong looking legs that that just look like they could probably carry her through anything. Um, but she, yeah, her face looked looked weary. I should say, by the way, that she and Katerina Siniakova have won their opening doubles match in an hour and twelve minutes. Uh, they beat Sharon Fishman and Juliana Olmos, of course, from Mexico, Juliana Olmos. So that's uh, that's quite a win because when I was watching that critique of a Contivate match, I was I was worried for Katerina Siniakova because, you know, they they do seem like all other things being equal. They are they are the best doubles team in the world or they certainly should be, you know, going into this tournament feeling like 
yeah, we should be winning this thing. Do you know, in this instance, I think the doubles might get get her back on track because she she, she spoke after that singles and, and sounded downbeat, sounded ex- exhausted. She said she felt physically okay, but she said, I'm, I am still looking forward to my doubles match. And as you said, she's just won that 6-4-6-1. I just wonder whether, given that the conditions are so severe there with the altitude... Maybe that's the moment. Maybe that's the the result that will just get her back on track. It's going to be quite interesting, I think, the next two singles matches she plays. Mm, maybe. Maybe. I mean, I, I certainly think... I don't think she's just... She's not going to be happy just... She's she's not going to say to herself, well, you know, it was a big ask, wasn't it? I've it, It's a long way. It's, it's altitude. It's a good thing that I'm here and I've qualified. Well done, me. She's... That's definitely not what she's thinking right now. Um, she's she's made of far sterner stuff than that. So yeah, it it, it will be interesting, very interesting. Incidentally, um, how of the tennis we've seen so far, and we'll come on to talk about the other group in just a moment. Of the tennis we've seen so far, how big a factor does the altitude look to you? And also in this conversation, can we can we all talk about how nice the court looks? Because it does, we like it. I love the court. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The the purple really pops. It stands out. You can easily see the ball. It's just nice to look at. I think they've done a great job with the colour scheme. Yeah. Personally, they have. It's, it's yeah. I agree. I love it. I love. Oh, it's nice seeing sun at this time of year, isn't it? Mm. We're so used to everything being indoor and wintry. I don't know. I feel like I feel like I'm getting some vitamin D through <laughs> my TV screen just a little bit. Yeah, no, it does look nice. I mean, it's it's more sort of pastel colours than we've been used to. I think uh, on uh, the tour finals that they will often sort of have really vivid, bright colours. But I agree, it really, it quite, really. That is not a pastel shade of pink, well, David. It is. No, it's not. I think it, I think it, it is. is not. Okay, well, I think it is. No, um, it's not. <laughs> I think it is. No, we're going to get emails and you're going to feel silly. Um, I'm already going to get the emails from what I said earlier, but that was silly. No, I've, I've, <laughs> we've got ahead of them, David. <laughs> well, help um, us out with this one, Matt. Is that a pastel shade of pink? I mean, I wouldn't have said so, but I feel like maybe David's had a conversation with his wife. That's an intense, strong pink. The 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 outer, the, the bluey-grey is maybe a... You could. I mean, I still don't think it's pastely, um, but you could. You could make a stronger argument. But the pink is pink. Mm-hmm. Maybe it's just the colour settings on your TV, Catherine, um, or maybe it's them on mine. <laughs> I don't know. Um, but anyway, in terms of the question about the altitude, I, I would say it's having a big effect, uh, and actually, it made me look up what sort of altitude we're talking about. Um, last night and i think it's one and a half thousand meters above sea level um which which is a lot and uh and hearing the players talk about when they first arrived and all of them were saying that they're having to string their rackets tighter as a result uh because they just couldn't control the ball the ball's flying through the air and suddenly they you know they didn't really know what to do with it and paula Badosa was saying that she she started off thinking I need to put more spin on the ball to control it. And then she started to think, well, actually, maybe I need to hit through the ball more to to be more aggressive. And there, there, there are real question marks going on in the heads. And, and the two players that I think, well, showed, I suppose, three players, if you if you include Contivate. But, I mean, Zachary just looks perfectly at home on on in these conditions with her, her power and her her really muscular topspin, um, and so did Badossa, really. I mean, that match last night, she was 4-2 down, and she won 10 games in a row. And I, I, yes, I think she was part of that. She spoke afterwards about how she realised 4-2 down, I've got to stand up to Sabalenka here. I'm getting pushed around. I've got to meet firewood fire. Um, but Sabalenka's game, I mean... Until 4-2, I thought, oh, this altitude is perfect for her. It's going to play so fast and she's just going to knock people off the court. But she's got to hit the court. That's the problem. And she was suddenly hitting the back fence because she had no control at all. And and it it just seems to exaggerate and amplify whatever it is that you're doing, those conditions. And, of course, she's the Madrid champion and that's 
famously played at altitude. This is much more altitude. It's it's much it's much more impactful, I think, on the style of play. But but in Madrid, it looked like all her shots had boosters on them, and you know, I think Ash Barty was the only player who really got close to her. She just blew everyone away. But she was in great form that week, and she comes in this week, obviously having had COVID. Having suffered with it, I think, for four or five days in Indian Wells, been stuck in quarantine there, only played a couple of matches since. She wasn't coming into this in particularly good form. And just a line from the pre-tournament press conference that stuck out to me was from Zachary saying, whoever embraces kind of playing ugly tennis this week and accepts that you're going to make some errors that you're not used to making, that's probably going to be the person that's going to win. And I... I read that quote and I thought, well, that doesn't sound like Sabalenka to me. I mean, (laughs) when it starts going wrong, I don't trust her. I know we've seen her at times this year make some progress with sort of winning when she's not at her best. But the US Open semi-final just stands out in my mind. You know, it was a similar match to yesterday. It started brilliantly, wheels came off, never recovered fully and... Yesterday was even more extreme and more dramatic because, as you said, she lost the last 10 games in the match and really wasn't finding the court for much of that time. So, yeah, I think if Sabalenka can play well, I think the conditions might help her. But if she's struggling with her game, which it seems like she is, it just seems like an absolute nightmare for her. And Paola Barroso, on the other hand, I thought, just as David said, was was great. You know, sort of stepping in when she needed to, but also kind of holding back and letting Sabalenka implode most of the time. Yeah, now before we talk about the uh, the the last remaining singles match that we haven't discussed, I'm just that that is what I'm this is not good radio folks, but I'm holding up a picture of what the court looks like on my screen to David so we can establish whether this is a perception thing or whether there yeah, is Yeah, I mean it looks nothing like that on my screen or on the Instagram picture that I'm looking at at the moment. Well, can I see what it looks like on your screen? Well, David, that's a picture of two tennis players without the court. On a court, standing on a court, Catherine. Uh, yeah, but, uh, I need the pink, David. Yeah, but I don't see the same as you're seeing, Catherine. The, the, the image you've got there is nothing like the one on my TV. Okay, then. <laughs> so it was a needless argument, which seems to be continuing. Oh, there you go, then. That is not bright. It's also not pastel, but anyway, this is terrible radio. As Matt said earlier, I've I've referred it. (laughs) Anyway. So, Zachary Sviontek. Now, I've got this on my screen at the moment. Um, Having a... a, I watched some of it yesterday. I'm having a bit of a rewatch of this in light of the, the... the statement that we've had from from Shvantec after this match. Um, so, look, frankly, a, a pretty one-sided win for Maria Sakkari, 6-2-6-4 over Iga Shvantec, who was in tears at the end of the match. She actually got a time violation for turning her back uh, on the court as Sakkari was about to serve on, ma- on match point because she was she was so upset uh, um, she didn't do a press conference she she gave some quotes which were to say I was just frustrated and sad that I couldn't overcome the stress I keep forgetting that I still have time to learn how to do that because playing in the finals for me it feels like I know a lot about sports which is maybe sometimes not true because I still haven't been in many situations in those moments when I forget this is new for me, still it's okay to lose some matches because of the stress. For me, I feel like it's a big deal and I'm feeling a little bit ashamed that my level was like that. So I was just feeling pretty sad. Um, which is sad, isn't it? It's, it's sad to hear her talking like that. I mean, we, we let's remember that she didn't have the opportunity to play the WTA finals last year in her breakthrough year when she was absolutely riding high on on reaching the uh, on winning the French Open rather um so so this is a new experience for her as much as she's had this really consistent year at the top level and she feels really established 
established now. This is her first WTA finals. This is an all an all brand new experience, and she's obviously putting a lot of pressure on herself to to perform there. I mean, I uh, it's difficult to tell for me how much this is about all of that and how much this is about Maria Sakkari because Svantec has a Sakkari problem for sure, and I think she. I think she said, didn't she, that that she was thinking about the front, in particular, the French Open match that they played, the quarterfinal that they played um, throughout this match, and she went down a really early break, and it felt like just her head, her head went down, and she thought, "Oh, it's happening to me again." She's lost to her, she's lost to her three times this year. She lost to her in Ostrava. In September, I think obviously the the hardest loss was was at the French Open, of course. But I think Svantec has a Maria Sakkari problem. Yeah, I think she does have a, that problem, and I think that Sakkari is the reason she lost the match. Really, I don't I don't think Svantec was great. Uh, she was hitting a lot of drop shots. Some worked, some didn't. But she was just getting pushed around, knocked about on on the court by somebody who's who seems totally in the right place with her game in those conditions. And, the, and the, I mean, Sasha Bayan uh, did an interview after Carolina Pliskova's win, and, and he actually named Sakri and Badosa as players that he expected would be comfortable in these conditions, from the baseline at least, because of the, the topspin, the inbuilt natural topspin they have on the ball. And, um, yeah, I mean, Sakri was just n- never troubled, really, in, in this match. And, at the same time, I do suspect that Svantec's, um emotions are partly as a result of all the build-up. You know, there's been basically 18 months of build-up from when she won the French Open and not able to play it last year, and now here she is, and, and she wasn't able to produce. She wasn't able to be competitive, really, in the way that she would have wanted to. And, and it was it was hard to watch that. And, and actually, it did raise the point that this is what Naomi Osaka, in a in a in a maybe a clumsy way of doing it, but this is what she was. One of the things that's come out of that is that, and it's not the first time. I mean, it, it has happened before, but I think we're more easily accepting and, um, and able to identify that Svantec didn't come to a press conference, and that that's absolutely fine. Um, personally, I, I'm glad she didn't come if she if she felt like that. I, her quotes are good and honest, and hopefully we'll have a chance to speak to her again after the next match. But I actually think it's really important that uh, that she was just given the space to not come. And and I, I don't know any journalist who's not okay with that. Mm, absolutely, yeah. That that that's a very important point. And um, yeah, they were in, it, incredibly insightful quotes. And I think the journalists will feel like they've 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 got what they what what they needed from her in terms of her her honest take on on that match and and how and why she's feeling the way she is and um yeah good on good on her for giving those quotes um clearly clearly a really tough one for her but i just hope she cuts herself some slack um yeah. because because she's 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 playing against a player that clearly her game doesn't match up brilliantly brilliantly against and I don't know she she panicked so early I think she hit the panic button against Zachary so early um and I uh, I don't like to see her maybe this is what altitude does to you but lose trust in your game so quickly you know her game the fundamentals of her game are so good and it felt like she she forgot that very quickly in in this match Mm. yeah and we talk about players with natural spin on the ball probably Mm would would flourish in these conditions well i mean her forehand certainly has a lot of top spin on the ball i think her backhand's flatter but you know I, I feel like she could possibly play well in these conditions but yeah she she was hit by sakari it just just blew her away really and i, I was so impressed with sakari's serve as well i think she only lost one point in the whole match behind the first serve and i know she- that She's improved that shot massively. So much. Hasn't she? I know that with Tom Hill, that's been something they really identified and have worked on, and it's a weapon for her now. Where it used to be a bit of a weakness, and on the other hand, Sviontek's serve did look quite vulnerable. Certainly, the second serve, quite a lot of double faults. She didn't seem to have the confidence in that shot. I think that's 
that's always been one of her weaknesses, which she's covered pretty well, certainly in that French Open run. But it did um, it did sort of rear its head yesterday. But yeah, mainly I just felt like Zachary has got this incredible energy about her and it's just in such a good place with her tennis at the moment. And it was sort of about her and the thought of Zachary Badosa is tantalising. Is that next or is that the third? That's next. Yeah, they do the winners, the winners play, play each other yes. and the losers Ooh. so that the so that the third match is always live. So that'll be tomorrow, Saturday, won't it? Yes. Yeah, we'll talk through we'll talk through the next round of scheduled matches in a moment. I'll just take you through the doubles results that we've had so far. I mentioned a win for Krachikovic Siniakova in that same group. Uh, we had a win for Shea uh, Suwei and Elisa Mertens over Alexa Garacci and Desiree Kravchik seven six six three in the opening day doubles there was an emphatic win for Aoyama and Shibahara uh they won their opening set six love they just came out and said nope not interested in giving the crowd any kind of uh competitive <laughs> show here we're just going to win this without dropping a game um Klepach and Jurek did fight back uh, to make it a more competitive second set, 6-4. But big win for Aoyama and Shibahara. And also a opening day win, 2-2 two and two for Melikar and Schurz over uh, Sam Stoza and Zhang Shui. So that's where we are in the doubles. Uh, in terms of what we've got scheduled today, so today is Friday, the day session singles is Pliskova against Conservate and then the doubles is Aoyama Shibahara against Schurz and Melikar and then Barbora Krachikova, Garbina Muguruza in the night session uh, with the doubles to follow uh, Zhang and Stoza against Jurek and Klepach. Normally being a little extra can be a bit much. But when it comes to healthcare, it pays to be extra. And United Healthcare makes it easy with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they supplement your primary plan, helping you manage out-of-pocket costs without the usual requirements and restrictions like deductibles and enrollment periods. So when it comes to covering your medical bills, you can feel good about being a little extra. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. Hello Tennis Podcast listeners, David here. Now you might know that I love a bit of cooking, and I think I'm quite good at it. But if I'm honest, even I get fed up trying to work out what to do every night. That's where Home Chef comes in. Being able to put together a delicious meal without the long prep and the cook times, well that's pretty cool. Home Chef provides fresh ingredients and chef-designed recipes conveniently delivered to your doorstep to simplify your cooking experience. They have over 30 options a week and serve a variety of dietary needs so you don't have to worry about what to make ahead of time. Not only is it convenient, but it's economical too. Home Chef customers save an average of $86 per month on groceries. Now, for a limited time, Home Chef is offering Tennis Podcast listeners 18 free meals plus free dessert for life and, of course, free shipping on your very first box. Go to homechef.com slash tennis. That's homechef.com slash tennis for 18 free meals and free dessert for life. You heard it right. So what's going to happen in Plushkova Contivate? This will be out oh, of date by about 10pm tonight, folks, yeah. so be careful. So let's get in there quickly. I'm going to talk really fast and say that Contivate's going to win. There you go. Mm, I think so too. She's irresistible at the moment, Contivate. Mm. Yeah, full house for Contivate. Mm, Muguruza in the night session? Yes, I think so. Yeah. Although yeah. Chikova beat Muguruza at the US Open, didn't she? That was quite a that was a controversial match, actually, wasn't it, with Muguruza, mm. there, there was aggro. Wasn't there, yeah. there, wasn't there a finger wag? 
I think, I think among was, other things. There was a handshake moment, wasn't there, when she said something like very unprofessional yes. or something like that? To her face, yeah. Yeah, Ooh. and poor old critique of her was wiped out, wasn't she, by whatever mm. she was feeling physically. Very Oh, awkward. I had forgotten about that. How excellent. Mm. Okay, <laughs> great, great. Uh, I'm going to go for a Muguruza win as well, yeah, I think. Me too. I mean, I've predicted to win the tournament, so <laughs> I need... She needs to win sharpish. can't turn my back on her now. Uh, the other... Uh, so Saturday's singles matches will be, as we said, Badosa against Sakari and Shvintek oh, against Azarenka. Yeah, so... I've got Badosa winning the whole thing. Have you now? Mm. Me too, actually. Do you feel any different now after seeing Sakari, Matt? Is that... Made you waver? Possibly, but then I would fall back on my sort of general feelings about both players and that, you know, Bados has just shown us she can win a really big tournament. I think Sakari's sort of still got that to prove a little bit. You know, we've seen Sakari look amazing. You know, in, in the US Open, for example, she, she got to the semis playing brilliantly, then didn't perform so well against Raducanu. So I sort of... Still need to see it to believe it a bit with Zachary, but gosh, it was impressive. I was already thinking up excuses when Badosa was 40 down, <laughs> honestly. What were they? Oh, don't need to go into that now. <laughs> <laughs> um, the, yeah, I was, I was starting to think, what why did they possibly I, have I was just... That oh. you just said the wrong name. Yeah. <laughs> like I, I said, did no, when, I, I, when I said Petra Martic is going to be... Actually, I was going into that kind of me against me recriminations of why do I always pick the player who's just won the tournament to win the next one? Why do I do that? Anyway, and then she started to get on a roll and I was like, oh, I see why I went for the dossier. Yeah, I was right. <laughs> uh, Shvontek against Sabalenka. I think Shvontek's going to get on the board there. I, th- I think Sabalenka could be in for a shocker this tournament. She was not best pleased with what happened mm. uh, after, in that Badossa match. She she went into suddenly moody teenager mode at the end of her <laughs> press conference. I completely understand it, but she just didn't want to engage at all. Mm. Very funny. Yeah. yeah. Well, anyway, yeah, I don't. I, she's not feeling. She's not feeling me. Neither her demeanour nor her tennis is filling me with confidence at the moment. So anyway, those are the matches you've got coming up in the next couple of days. Uh, we'll just take you through what's happened elsewhere because there's been a lot of, lot of tennis happening this week, folks. In Stockholm, they've had a really strong field, some great tennis actually, most notably Andy Murray probably beating beating Yannick Sinner in two straight sets. Biggest w- win again of for him since his whatever number comeback this is, sort of a real continuation of the win over her catch, which was obviously his first top 10 win since since this recent run of form. Um, he was unable to back it up. He lost to Tommy Paul yesterday in three sets in what turned out to be a sort of classic Andy Murray struggle. Um Overall, a positive, you'd have to say. But equally, you know, he's he's given that quote, hasn't he, saying, I'm not going to be losing in second and third rounds for long. And in order to do that, you need to be backing up the big wins. Um, so, yes, it's step forward. Of course, beating Yannick Sinner, big deal, unquestionably. But he'll be unsatisfied, I think, dissatisfied. Mm. He probably leaves in a similar place to how he's left a lot of these tournaments. Uh, yeah, there's progress made, but he's but he's frustrated. Um, I think this is the end of his season now, isn't it? He said he's not going to play the Davis Cup finals, and I almost tweeted something really snarky actually, but I but I decided not to. Just you know, taking stock of Murray's career at the moment, and you know, you get some people who who say we talk too much about Murray these days because. You know, he is losing in the second, third round of these tournaments. But this is one of the most remarkable stories in tennis at the moment, what Murray is doing. And the fact he's out there at all, the fact he's beating top 10 players, I find it fascinating. You know, what it says about him as a person as well, that he is trying to do this. Um, And the level of his tennis is, is really high. And if he can maintain fitness, and that is a big if... Because, you know, it does feel like 
we don't know what the next injury around the corner is with him, having had so many problems in these last few years. But I really think the outlook is way more positive for Murray than it was a year ago, even a few months ago, you know, even at Wimbledon. He's, he's playing so much better than he was. And I'm just sort of in awe of what he's done. And, and I'm looking forward to watching him next season is, is sort of mm. how I end up feeling about it. Agreed. I'm looking forward to seeing the the product of a, an Estevan Carril off season. Mm. Um, that could be very interesting indeed. The uh, the semi final lineup in Stockholm is Tommy Paul against Francis Tiafo and Denis Shapovalov against Felix Auger Aliassime. So two inter country mm. face offs. I imagine the tournament would be pretty happy with that last four lineup. Um, in the next gen finals, the semi lineup is set. It is Sebastian Corda against Brandon Nakashima and. Matt? Sebastian Baez. Sebastian Baez uh, against Carlos Alcaraz. So it is a good tournament for Sebastians. That's my takeaway. Mm-hmm. Any Anything else to add? Um, I, I do think it looks a bit dowdy indoors, doesn't it, compared to the Guadalajara scenes. But the crowd is fantastic. You know, the, the the atmosphere they've got there is really good. Um, I haven't really had a chance to properly process what I think of the, the, the rule changes other than the fact that I like the fact that they just crack on with it immediately when they get out there, which is, uh, you know, the main one. Any other thoughts? That's an event that I'm really happy exists and it definitely has made me pay more attention to these young players, I think, over the last few years. I feel like I've got to know them a bit better with this whole sort of, next-gen branding, I suppose. And I think it's good that they trial rule changes, absolutely. It's an event I'm going to watch highlights of rather than full matches, personally. Um, I'm not a big fan of first of four uh, games in a set, but you know, I sort of quite like the other rule, rule changes that they're trialling. Um, I saw Alcaraz play the most astonishing rally against Nakashima with just this defence turned into this great sort of reflex at the net and I think he's won all his matches so far. He looks he looks a cut above, to be honest. Um maybe him versus Corder would be would be an interesting final. But yeah, I think once again it's it's been a success, I suppose. Mm. Yes. I I feel the same. R- really pleased it happens. I generally support their um their experimentation with rules. I do get I always fall down the rabbit hole of just getting angry about um, the scoring. I just think, no, we've tried that. Just don't mess with the scoring. Mess with everything else. I'm up. I'm up for that. But I ju- I tune in and I see a a scoreline that I can't understand and can't be bothered to try and understand. And I find that off putting. I don't want to see four three two four one four. I no, no, that's not good. Everything else I'm on board with. Um, So that's what's happening in the next-gen finals in Milan. Uh, We've had a couple of other bits of news. Emma Raducanu is, well, she's let the cat out of the bag. The cat was given a jolt out of the bag by Simon Briggs. Intrepid, intrepid tennis correspondent Simon Briggs. uh, That she is going to be working with esteemed coach Torben Belts over the off-season and heading into the Australian Open, which I think has been greeted universally positively, I think. I mean, his CV speaks for itself, I think, David. Yeah, uh, you can never know until people work together whether they fit and all the rest of it. But just on the face of things... As you say, great CV for all the work he's done with Emma, with with Angelique Kerber, and and he he's brought he brought her through from a a really sort of formative stage in her career, and was there when she was at the top as well. And he, he came and went, and then and then had some time with Donna Vekic, and then came back again. I I just think he's a he seems like a really good guy from a, for, for for starters. Every time I hear him talk, and I've heard him do on court coaching in the past, I just really like the way he talks to people. He's respectful. He's approachable. It feels like, and and just like a, a decent bloke for a start and and he's he's a clearly a very very 
good tennis mind as well and he just he got he got the best out of Angelique Kerber all the way through her career it seems to me and you never know whether whether it'll fit but I to me it seems like a really good choice Mm, yeah there's a sheet there's a really interesting article that uh that Simon's done with Matt Little the uh, fitness trainer of Andy Murray sort of speculating about what Emma Raducanu needs to work on physically um during the off season, it, I mean, it's, it's full of praise about her physical stature now. Not suggesting there's any sort of lack of fitness, but just in terms of taking the next level, I've I found it I found it very illuminating. And um, yeah, certainly Torben Belts and Angelique Kerber. I mean, she became a physical colossus with him, didn't she? And they, I, I, I mean, there are lots of dis dissimilarities in their game style but that crouch you know that getting low to the ball using the leg strength that is a feature of both players a a a trademark feature and yeah I I think it's a really uh, interesting collaboration a couple of bits of news from Australia we've had the announcement uh, from Craig Tiley that both women's semi-finals will now be played in the prime time night session, uh, rather than previously they were played in the day session. Uh, men's semi-finals will both also be played on the same day now, on the Friday, one in the day session and one in the night session. Um, absolutely the right decision. Long time coming. No brainer. Yeah, we've been calling for it for forever and uh, good for them for doing it. Yep. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it did make me laugh when they were like celebrating 100 years of women's tennis. It's like it's taken, <laughs> it's taken, us it's taken that long. And obviously this is great and something to celebrate. I do wish it came with a little bit more recognition that they've also messed up for quite a long time. Yeah. It's sort of like Augusta National saying... All women can be members now in 2012. Aren't we wonderful? Actually, no, you've been extremely problematic for a very long time. Obviously, the Australian Open is not that bad and they've done a lot of great things, but they've missed, they've missed on this issue for so long and I'm delighted they've, they've finally, finally got it right. But come on. Here, 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 here. Last bit of news out of Australia is that Dylan Alcott... Um, who earlier this year became the first man in any form of tennis to win the calendar year Golden Slam, four major titles and Paralympic gold. Uh, He's going to retire after the Australian Open next year. He's only 30, but what a a way to go out uh, winning. I mean, yeah, the mind boggles about winning the calendar year Golden Slam. and he has won seven quad singles titles in Australia in consecutive years. So you would probably back him to go out on a high uh, in January as well. But I mean, one of one of the greatest Australian sports sportsmen of all time. Mm-hmm. You'd and have just, to say. I mean, he seems like a legend of a bloke as well as a as a player. And you know, when he comes on the TV screen, you just stop what you're doing and listen because he's just. He's great fun. He's going to have a fantastic media career, I think. He's he's really interesting to listen to, you know. And good luck to him. And uh, in a in a fortnight full of full of strong contenders, he did provide the moment of the U.S. Open this year when the camera cut to him during. I can't actually remember. It was during a very big match. I just can't quite remember which one. <laughs> yes. And uh, he was there in the crowd, having just won. Uh, the US Open uh, quad singles title, uh, completing the calendar year Grand Slam, and uh, he downed down downed a beer, chugged down a beer, live on camera, uh, out of his trophy, I think it was. So, well done, Dylan Alcott. Um, so, I think that's almost a wrap. Uh, in a in a in a very sh- in a in a hot minute, I'll be talking about our mascots for the week, and trust me, you want to hang around for that. Uh, but just first, um, the draw has been done for the ATP finals, uh, and we have a red group, which is Djokovic, Tsitsipas, Rublev, and Rude, and we have a green group, which is Medvedev, Zverev, Berrettini, and Hercatch. Thoughts, please, Matt. 
I think if Djokovic could have handpicked his group, he would have come up with that. Obviously, he was never going to get Medvedev because the way they do the seedings. I think he would take Sitsipas over Zverev, um, especially with the question mark over Sitsipas's elbow. Um, he's never actually played Rublev, which is interesting, but I think he'd rather mm. that than Berrettini. Just feels like Berrettini can cause him more problems, especially in Italy. You know, I, I back Berrettini if he's fit to have a good tournament. And Hercatch played him tough in Paris, didn't he? Whereas I think I think Rude, I, I, just, I just think that's an okay matchup for Djokovic. So I think Djokovic is strong favourite, and the Green Group is more open with Medvedev the favourite, but the other three really jostling for second position. Yeah, what Matt said, I agree. <laughs> mm, agreed. Thank you, Matt for covering all bases leaving me uh just just a a moment let's take a moment uh, to talk about our mascots for this week chester and ernest who are folks donkeys actual donkeys you wait you wait three years for a donkey mascot to come <laughs> along <laughs> and two come in the same week we've had ferrets We've never had donkeys. Uh, but we welcome future donkeys because w- we like Ernest and Chester, don't we? Oh, yes. Mm. They're amazing. I Pit- think they've had one of the most popular reactions of mm. all of our P- pets. Pictures in Pictures in the newsletter, um, which, is, which is worth signing up for. I'll pop a picture on our Instagram as well. So thank you to Ernest and Chester. Thank you to our regular mascots. Uh, we've got Rogue Zeus, Scousel Mousel, Billy Jean has got Billy Jean King. Uh, Chris Albert Lee is our executive producer. And we have shout outs, Matt, do we? We do. Well, we have shout out singular. We've got about Ooh. nine or ten left. So I thought we okay. could just roll them out slowly and give today Dan Murphy his shout out. All right, Dan. All right, Dan. Like that football pundit who used to be a player, but he was Danny. Danny Murphy. Yeah. Oh, that's hmm. Fulham legend. Yeah. Although don't really like him now. But anyway, <laughs> <laughs> we like this one though. <laughs> Thank you, Dan. <laughs> Thank you, Dan, for your support. Um, you get to share the stage with Ernest and Chester. So big moment for Dan. Uh, we'll be back in a couple of days' time with our next uh, podcast, mostly facing on the WTA finals, but also bringing you all other pertinent bits and bobs of tennis news and views. Um, yeah, we'll be back. Listen to us then. Subscribe to the newsletter. Tell your friends. Leave us an iTunes review. Thanks for listening. We'll speak to you soon. 